This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Good evening and welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And uh, I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel. And as the intro said, I, I offer a, a unique or fresh take on astrology shaped by channeled wisdom. And what you're going to hear tonight is a lot about the being shaped by channeled wisdom. You're going to hear a lot about that tonight. You know, some shows tend more toward astrology, like last week's uh, uh, karmic profile of Robin Williams, and uh, also discussing the soul's journey regarding uh, suicide and how that affects the soul. Uh, but tonight, it's about 2012 was just the beginning. And I've been thinking about this a lot. And then um, a listener wrote me, um, one of the subscribers to my service, actually, who's very aware of a lot of the things that I do, wrote me and said, I just really think you could introduce this. And so I took that as a confirmation. It would be a great thing to do, uh, to revisit all the stuff about 2012 that I spoke uh quite a lot about leading up to leading up to that in the previous couple of years. Uh, as far as announcements go, um, we are on day 20, happened today at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, of daily energy work and channeling, essentially a channeled meditation through which you receive energy work every day for the rest of the month. So another, uh, you know, 10 or 11 opportunities. If I could count, I would. But anyway, today through, you know, tomorrow through the 31st, the number is published on my site and as well as all the details and the rationale and why you want to do this. Uh, and people are having, frankly, amazing results in all kinds of uh, aspects of their lives. Uh, sometimes people who are calling in just once or twice don't comment, but people who call in like, you know, two or three times a week, you know, relatively consistently or every day or almost every day, those people are having major shifts and life looks and feels extremely differently after connecting with these beings. And so we're going to do this every day for the rest of the month. And uh, it's a very manageable, affordable fee just to get you started on a daily practice. And so you can check out all that um, at tdjacobs.com. There's a PDF with all the info. I'm excited to do it. Uh, I, I really – I knew that it would be cool. Part of me wondered before uh, I did it if – you know, what I'd feel like every day and if I could, you know, uh, tune in in this intense way with Jehudia Metatron and then do energy work for a group of people on the phone. Uh, I wondered how I would do it. And so as I mentioned in previous shows this month and also in videos on YouTube about uh, – you know, several videos that I recorded, maybe a half dozen, after particular calls earlier in the month to talk about the process and uh, my experience and my prep. Um, I talked about in there dietary changes that affect energy flow, that affect how we experience emotion, that, exp you know, there's this ripple effect that changes everything. And if you're uh, subscribed to this podcast in, in iTunes, you can go back to um, any show from a year ago or so and uh, look at the difference in my voice. There have been a couple changes, like uh, one listener recently reflected that, yes, your voice changes after you start doing regular acupuncture you know, for stress and anger and reactivity and stuff, uh, fight-or-flight stuff that can be uh, uh, out of balance in me, but also uh, just in general, connecting with Metatron every day, which is new for me. 
uh, been with Jehudi for years, and he's always in my head now, constantly. Um, it's not a it's not a bad thing. It's just I'm always aware of how he sees things. Say it that way. That's a better way. Uh, so don't worry about me or anything <laughs> uh, that I'm being held hostage or something by an ascended master. Um, but connecting with Metatron, he's extremely intense, and he holds up for you a mirror of what you're doing and behind that what you're thinking and believing that doesn't serve you, that gets you into trouble or that leaks energy or that wastes your time given your goals and creates frustration and, and, and uh, confoundation, confusion, being confounded. Anyway, so connecting with him every day has been quite an experience. And though we're just doing this till the end of August, I will continue to meditate with him almost every day. I'm, I know that I'm going to need a few days off of just connecting to this intensity. And then um, details are to be announced, but it looks like we're going to do it again in October. So we'll take September off and then do it um, every day in October. So you can stay tuned for that. Uh, just it's my own process. I want to talk about that just a little bit because um, as, I, as I speak to you now, I am having one of the weirdest weeks I have ever had in my life. <laughs> and I'm still working, I'm still doing client calls and doing energy work, doing the daily things. Um, and I've been having quite a lot of um, fears and things that are, you know, so to speak, deeply buried in my emotional body, in my field, that contribute to ideas and beliefs that don't work, you know, that inspire me to have fears about things. These things are coming to the surface. And so um, this week, I've had um, heart palpitations. This week, I've had a uh, the, the feeling of um, a 5,000-pound lead weight in my belly that is now slowly moving out. Right now, I have a fever and all-over body aches, but I'm not sick like you would expect. You know, ringing in my ears and having a headache and just kind of like – it's kind of a really wacky, uh, really wacky time. I realized I had a fever maybe 20 minutes before uh, I went live on the show, you know, so just about 25, 30 minutes ago. And, um, but I know nothing's wrong. It's that – Energy's moving. Things are moving because my consciousness is shifting, and that is to be expected through doing daily energy work. Um, doing energy work on a daily basis might seem like a little too much, and that's why it's um, it's only 20 minutes. And really, five minutes of that is getting deeply grounded so you're clear and open and receptive, and then 15 minutes is really the, the kind of intense stuff. And that's just right. Part, part of me at the beginning of the month, every day when we got to 20 minutes, and I'd say this brings us to the end of our time – I would think, oh, no, we could do so much more. But doing a little bit every day, and this would count for your meditation practice too, for every kind of conscious awareness practice or you know, uh, interfacing with your body or hanging out, every single day doing a little bit changes you remarkably over time without overwhelm. And I don't feel overwhelmed. I did uh, three client calls between tutoring and coaching calls today, plus the, the energy work call already, and now I'm doing this. I've had a headache the whole day, but I feel great otherwise. It's just things moving through my space. So I know I have the intention that this ball of lead weight in my third chakra, in my belly, uh, move out, and I've decided that I, I realize I don't quite know exactly what it is, but I'm very clear that it's going to leave. And um, I have decided that it's going to leave when material leaves my body. That's going to be a gentle way to usher out bits and pieces of this energy. And it has moved over the day uh, today because uh, that happened this morning. Uh, it has moved. And now it's a little more diffuse and it's not, uh, you know, part of my brain was like, what could that be? Is there something wrong? But there isn't. It was just this thing coming up that needed to go and needed to be moved out. So doing daily energy work affects your body and your body tells you how your ideas and beliefs are going. 
So during this kind of process, a part of me could do it every day, but part of me wants to take a month off, let you rest, and uh, and come back and do another round of it after we're both rested and uh, another set of tune-ups for the month in October. So it's a really great thing. I, I've heard such amazing things from people. One woman uh, in Canada wrote that, uh, and you can see a lot of comments from reader or from listeners, uh, callers uh, in my blog and also some in uh, videos on YouTube. Uh, but one woman in Canada wrote that she'd never really had an overt relationship with her guides, but after these daily calls, you know, setting the intention and, and letting them know that she's open to learning how they communicate with her. Uh, she was walking home one day and felt two on either side of her. And it was, uh, you know, it was really amazing. I love reading that because we need to find out that we're not alone. And so that's, that's one example. Another example is a, a woman uh, in Pennsylvania wrote me uh, this morning, and I posted this in my blog today, the full story is in my blog. Uh, but she, she's going through a life transition and she recently divorced and is looking for uh, a new apartment and kind of like getting set up and, and uh, she, she wrote that uh, her ex-husband had, had taken most of the like household things. So she was in this position of not having it. And she said that she's one of those people who has in her field a belief at times that family is not supportive, that life is not supportive. And so she's been doing these calls, deciding she's open and things are happening. Things, you know, people are coming in to fill in the gaps and help her out. And it's a, it's more or less effortless. And she wrote, I feel like I'm living in a fairy tale. And so I love getting this feedback from people. And, um, so anyway, if you're calling in daily for these calls, uh, feel free to send me a note and uh, let me know. Cause I, I love answering questions if you have them, but people haven't had questions. They just want to share how awesome <laughs> and unbelievable it is. So, so that's why I'm so happy to be doing this. So. Uh, so 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, every day for the rest of the month for 20 minutes. And uh, call in a minute or two beforehand or five, you know, and get grounded, send cords into the earth and get ready. Uh, very exciting, very exciting stuff. Uh, so talking about, um, you know, 2012, this we use that phrase, uh, 2012, and it kind of points to a lot. And as I... Uh, I've been working um, with Jehudi, the Ascended Master, also known as Thoth, and St. Germain and Merlin. As I've been working with him uh, rather seriously for a number of years, I, I asked him what was going to happen in 2012. And he said, here's a whole Chiron teaching to reinvent how people ex- people uh, study Chiron. So uh, so I wrote a, you know, I did a, I recorded a, um, it's like 11 hour audio course and then transcribed and edited that, that book into the Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age. The key and how to use it book. And, um, though it has 2012 in the title, part of, you know, part of people's brains may say, well, that's not relevant, but it is relevant. So you should go read that book and understand, uh, kind of an ascended master's view on uh, what Chiron's really about and how to understand it. As it's been, uh, less than 40 years, we've been talking about it in astrology. So, you know, the, the idea of being wounded or a wounded healer, these are your options. And in fact, uh, a wound and choosing to be a wounded healer, are in fact uh, byproducts of what Chiron is really about, which is being sensitive to energy and emotion. So, um, so I asked, you know, what was going on in 2012, and he gave me this these ideas, and I wrote them down and said thank you. And then I would come back a few days later, a week later, doing another meditation and say I would like to understand what's going to happen in 2012. This was in 2008, by the way, and uh, you know it's still four four years away. And uh, I was reading what people were saying about it, but none of it really jived as true because people were talking about how it was going to be this magical transition time into the new age or the end of something crummy or, you know, just talking about earth changes and all this stuff that seemed to me like, uh, you know, in some ways kind of wishful thinking about how things are going to get better. And he's telling me 
uh, in no uncertain terms that each person is a divine being who needs to learn how to understand his or her own emotional makeup and to take responsibility for that and have compassion for it and evolve through that you know, responsibility, understanding, and compassion. So this is kind of the key to the Aquarian age here. Um, so anyway, I was, you know, I went back, I think five or six times in total saying, okay, well, great. That Chiron thing is awesome. Let me ask you again, what will happen in 2012? And then the whole teaching came through in maybe five or six meditation sessions. And I never got, uh, any clear, uh, you know, indication of what would happen. And I understood that to mean that there is no particular thing that was to happen. The end of the Mayan long count calendar, often called the end of the Mayan calendar, because the Mayans have different calendars of different lengths and, uh, and breadths. Uh, the end of that, according to the, these, uh, these channel teachings, has to do with the, all of the tools that are possible to use in order to get to know how we're vibrating, take responsibility for what we believe and what we're vibrating and what we feel, uh, going through our history and rewriting the history to reflect that we have always been creating it, that we are not victims, um, going through our history this way, um, all these different things, um, the tools for those things were now all lined up. You can think of it as we carried around forever a toolbox with half the tools in it, talking new age language metaphysical, spiritual language, talking about evolution and growth, um, you know, chanting, doing yoga, whatever, <laughs> like kumbaya around the fireplace, like wishing for the best. Like all these things we're doing, but all the tools weren't in place. And as of the end of the Mayan Long Count calendar, the tools were now all in place. And one of those tools has to do with the, 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 the most major thing, uh, the most significant thing, is that the this is the kind of um, new agey way Jehudi says it, but the veils between dimensions are gone. And what that means is that the separations within your own consciousness have gone, if you let them. What that means on a day-to-day basis is whatever you're dealing with emotionally, instead of just dealing with it, it will respond or resonate with something from elsewhere across the timeline. The divisions and your consciousness across time are gone if you let them. So dealing with fears, for example, that are out of proportion to your biography. These are This is always a red flag for a, a fear from another life or a multi-life uh, issue. You know, like you have this uh, unbelievable fear of heights and you've like, you know, never been anywhere, you know, like this. Or you're, you know, whatever it is. You're afraid of getting uh, eaten by sharks and you've never even been to the ocean. Like stuff like this. A lot, you know, all kinds of things. And, um, you know, afraid of being shamed publicly or tarred and feathered, you know, kind of ridiculous, but these are fears sometimes people have being shamed publicly. Uh, but I've, you know, the person may never have done anything in a public way. So anyway, um, all these fears resonate that you may have or emotional experiences you have, relationship dynamics, you know, issues that you're thinking about, your beliefs that you're trying to unwind. They are all now, so to speak, kind of magnified because they resonate with a bunch of things across time. So I, for example, couldn't have written The Soul's Journey 3, a case study, which is about 19 of my own past lives. I couldn't have completed that process before the end of the Mayan Long Count calendar. Because now the veils were gone, I was able to, in a, 
in a pretty efficient way. Some of those stories took a long time to make peace with, but some of them were very quick, you know, to understand the the pain retention of something and then move through it. Um, but I couldn't have done it before that because all of the veils weren't gone. All the separations within my consciousness weren't there. So I would have had a fear but not been able to get to the bottom of it fully is what I'm, what I'm getting at. So now I'm going to take the first break. This is The Soul's Journey. I'm Tom Jacobs. Stick with me. I'll be right back. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck? Call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs. Uh, I live on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the planet in Tucson, Arizona. And um, talking tonight about 2012 was just the beginning. So we think it's this end point, and we're talking about it as though an age is ending or perhaps an age is beginning or maybe maybe lower-level consciousness or some crap about being on Earth is gone or maybe some of us can uh, can you know ascend you know, the idea of like uh, evolving so we don't have to be on earth anymore, all these kinds of things. What was extremely clear during this process as I channeled all the time about this was that every single person has the opportunity to allow him or herself to become an experience, uh, to become multidimensional, to experience multidimensionality. So, you know, you, like your brain thinks you are you know, the people you come from, the place you're attached to, where you live now, what you do for a living, you know, what you believe, what you think, what you like, 
you know, what you, what you like to do, what you like to eat. Like your brain thinks these are your, these are, um, essential elements of identity. But you have the opportunity to experience being multidimensional. So those of us who are open will have a lot of things come up. A lot of, like I was talking about, uh, you know, in the first segment about things moving in my body from doing all this stuff with, uh, with, uh, Metatron. And, um, yeah, things are moving. Energy's moving and the physical body responds and that's a normal process. Uh, so part of the, part of the thing about the end of the Mayan calendar is to see if we can have faith that we're changing very rapidly. If we're willing to accept multidimensionality, you are not your brain. You are not your body with a brain. You are not this brain with this pesky body. You know, this annoying thing. Uh, and you are not your emotions. Like, you are a lot of things. You exist, in fact, across time. People that I've been working with for the last few years have experienced that in the form of, uh, some readings from other lives, lives where they say, uh, you know, here's my situation in my relationship or my career or my, you know, sense of purpose or my health. Uh, you know, and we look across time to see the answer. Where does this tension begin? Where is this tension rooted on the timeline? And then we resolve it. I still do that with people all the time. But again, we have thought that the end of the Mayan calendar was this juncture point that's over because something ended. You know, the calendar itself ended. So um, if you can take responsibility for everything you've created, meaning everything that has come to you, everything you've experienced in this life is you. If you can own that, if you can own all of your kinds of feelings and emotions and, and, and uh, intellectual states, and if you can own your beliefs, you're on your way towards being multidimensional. Because people who uh, – I've actually been dealing with this and wondering how to bring it up on the show. I was recently talking to a coaching client in the last couple of weeks about it. And uh, actually, it's going to come up during the Us versus Them show, which is coming up in a week or two. Um, because I've been thinking a lot about racism. And I don't identify as in any way racist, but when you start going multidimensional, you start allowing that to be, you're going to bring in personas who are living in other parts of the timeline where there's a serious tribal issue, us versus them. So and in some ways, uh, that show, Us versus Them, will be a continuation of this show tonight, uh, really getting into some of those dynamics. But anyway, there are parts of me that sound racist. There are parts of me that have this thing about us and them. And those people, and I'm like, where does that come from? Because I don't identify that way. Like, that's not the world that I want to live in, nor is it the world that I daily create. Um, but there are these opinions that, that sometimes surface, and I know they're not who I am. So this is part of being multidimensional. Also, dealing with uh, the physical body as manifesting your energetic life, your your choices. Your beliefs, your ideas, and your feelings will manifest physically. And this is another key to understanding yourself as a multidimensional being. So how can somebody bring to me the complaint of, you know, uh, some physical complaint, a recurring injury, or an issue, you know, with a, any kind of thing, any kind of illness or disease? And we can look at it and look at what the energetic source is. Now, people were doing this before. Medical intuitives have been doing this. You know, shamans have been doing this for forever. Shamans in every culture, every native culture all over the world. 
But and you know, and I actually use uh, Carolyn Mace's book uh, for teaching intuitive skills class, medical intuitive about the chakras and and health and uh, emotions, and ideas and beliefs, and other people too. Louise Hay is a great resource uh, for for exploring that stuff too, and other people too. But now, it's not just for a handful of people to figure it out. Now, as of the end of the Mayan calendar, you're in the position of being able, if you take the time and you stop and you get grounded and you learn the language of your body, you become your own medical intuitive. This this is actually really exciting because, you know, are you going to freak out when your body does something on a particular day? Like today, I have this like, you know, thousand pound lead weight in my belly and i'm like what is that it's it was like i was going to have to move something out and i didn't know if it was going to be dramatic and apocalyptic like i didn't know what was going to happen it was just this like you know thick energy that was stuck um and over the course of the day i decided it was fine and i moved it same thing with having a headache and a fever now it's okay you know it's fine it's just what's happening um because i know things are temporary so listening to the body and deciding to have faith that it has something useful to offer is part of this process of being multidimensional as well. Uh, understanding the role of other people, kind of moving on, new paragraph, <laughs> understanding the roles of other people in your, in your life and your role in theirs. If you can look at every other person as reflecting something about you that you need to see, then you're putting yourself like you're taking responsibility for what you're creating and that is part of being multidimensional as well. So if you are, for instance, a, sh- uh, a quiet person who seems to always draw angry people, you know this is not a fact about the world. This is a manifestation of your own energy field. You know, astrologically, we'd look at that as a Mars thing, Mars or Pluto regarding anger, or self-assertion, or boundaries, or being active, or something like that. But we would we'd look at that. You know, that is part of being multidimensional as well. Now, you could have caught on to any of these things and more uh, long before uh, the end of the, the, this calendar. Uh, but now, it's all kind of right in your lap. It's real, and it's loud. So all those tools are available. And uh, I, I honestly, I wish I could um, teach the intuitive skills development class that I do periodically all the time because it's that important to help people become their own guides, to connect to their guides, to become their own source of wisdom and to understand their biography uh, – biography, that's a weird word – their biography as a, uh, as a reflection of what they're vibrating. And this is empowerment. This is multidimensionality. So fitting with all of this, kind of layering on more and more for you because I want you to have a full picture or as full a picture as I can do in you know, under an hour here. Um, you've always been manifesting – your energy field in the world around you, like somebody who's quiet, who's always drawing brash people or something like that, somebody who won't own anger, who's drawing people who are angry. That is a manifestation, and that's uh, possible to see how um, – I mean you've always been able to, to get to the place where you can see that. But regarding your relationships and your body and how your emotional states and your beliefs inform those things, you know, your outward experience and your experience of your body – the speed of manifestation is quicker since the end of the Mayan calendar because all of these tools are in place. It somehow opens the door for manifestation to be faster. So oftentimes if we talk about manifestation, we might be talking about abundance consciousness or 
you know, the Hicks material or the secret or all kinds of different things like this. You know, it's your divine right to be abundant, all this kind of thing. And, but really, we want to be broad and open in our understanding of what manifestation is, meaning, um, my soul through vibration and soul contract manifested my family. Um, you know, I, as a youngster, youngster, oh my God, you can tell I'm feverish. I'm like using arcane language now. <laughs> when I was a youth, um, <laughs> sorry, a little distracted by my, by my silliness. Um, but when I was younger, I've talked about it on the show before, I didn't feel safe. I mean, I, I drew to me accidents. So I perceived I was surrounded by accidents. It took me decades to unravel this, you know, to see that I believed that I wasn't safe. Well, now see a pattern in your life or see a situation that persists or you're not quite sure how to deal with or how to unravel. You, uh, are in the position to understand and reveal things much more quickly. The speed of manifestation, the speed of understanding is much faster. If you're willing to stop, give your mind a break, get grounded, open your heart, open your intuition, decide that life is actually helpful, decide your body is an ally, you know, decide that there's nothing wrong with you, get rid of guilt and shame, all these kind of self-love things. Um, guilt, shame, regret, self-doubt, overcoming these things by loving yourself and accepting yourself wholeheartedly no matter what, then you can become your own intuitive, your own guide, your own medical intuitive, you know, your own spirit guide. Essentially, you will be vibrating on the same level as your own spirit guides, and that's where true collaboration with these beings comes from. So uh, it's, it's really uh, fascinating to me. Uh, this idea of manifestation is much quicker. If you love, and if that's your dominant motivation to leave behind fear or doubt or shame or guilt and you love, then you will manifest goodness, so to speak, much quick, much more quickly. Like this, this uh, woman doing the, doing the uh, calls who said that, uh, uh, you know, looking for a new place and without the furniture and dishes and sheets and all that and the furniture. And then the relative stepped in to do it. It's like she decided over the course of, I don't know, maybe she called into 10 of the 15 calls. I don't know, you know, whatever it is at that point or, you know, 10 out of the 20 or 15, whatever. But they asked her, these beings asked her to make the decision that she was open and she made that decision and this stuff happened very quickly when it needed to happen. So we're all in this position of moving much quicker if we're willing to shed fear, doubt, self-regret or whatever, recrimination and uh, you know fears about what we've done or judgments from the past. If we're willing to do that, we're moving in the direction of love, being loving, having more faith in the fact that we are creating everything, et cetera. That is happening much more quickly. And <laughs> uh, if you are retreating into fear – your manifestations of fear are happening much more quickly as well. So one way to look at this is like I'm talking about my experience in my body today and all these like weird things this week as well as today. Uh, my body's speaking to me like with my heart, uh, my heart palpitations the other day, my heart was saying, I mean, it took me four days to get into it, by the way, to really, to really see into it because at first I was afraid and I had to get grounded and open up. And I saw that uh, in my relationship with my, with my partner, I was criticizing some things or I was being aware of what I didn't like and that was keeping me from being loving. So I love her 
And I tell her, and I attempt to do things that reflect that, but I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't surrendering to it. It's kind of like a fact of my existence, but it's also like I don't like these things or I'm unhappy with those details or whatever it is. So I was um, maybe not being nitpicky, but I was aware of things I didn't like more often than appreciating her. And so the, those things went away when I basically surrendered to the fact that uh, this manifestation isn't serving me. Like how do I want to feel? Well, I want my heart to be happy. So great. So let me let that go. And they were gone. And it hasn't happened since. So, but it took me four days to get to the place where I was grounded enough to trust that I could get the answer. And that, that's key. Because when something happens, like this lead, like my whole body was a lead weight today. I mean, I, I wasn't, you know, uh, heavy on my feet or something. I just like felt this thing that wasn't moving. It was like somebody had put like a safe, like, you know, a safe full of like, you know, go bullion or something inside my belly. And I was like, what is this? But I, but I knew not to be afraid. And that allowed me to be able to see and hear what was going on. I mean, I still don't have a lot of details on that, but, um, but I think it's stuff coming up because I've been telling Metatron every day, I've been doing this, I'm ready. So I connect to him and I, and I stare at his face. Actually, I was telling my girlfriend this the last week and she said, this would be good for you to tell people because it's, it's interesting. Um, I stare at his face and uh, his face is made of flames. And it's pretty intense. And so I make eye contact with him and I get into his groove after I get grounded. And I get into his energy. And then I put his face on mine as a mask. So I'm looking out through his eyes. And then I do that for a few minutes. And I tell him I'm ready, meaning I'm ready to surrender to his reflection of my the best version of me. And that's how certain behaviors and motivations and things have been melting away. So this thing in my gut, um, something negative, something unhealthy, something you know in my emotional field, my emotional body that needs to go, and um, staring at him every day and then trying him on for size and kind of working through his lens makes it very clear that certain things can't stay. So I say I'm ready, and he knows what that means. Like I'm ready to give stuff up, whatever it is, and this is the stuff that can happen. You know, so actually, uh, taking the second break now. This is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey, and I'll be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth and Saint Germain, explains soul, life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. 
Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Back to the soul's journey. This is uh, your friend Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. Uh, tonight is talk. I'm um, talking about uh, 2012 was just the beginning. Essentially, 2012 is the beginning of our transition into self-responsible, divinely aware, like aware of our divinity beings, aware of the fact that all that's happened to us is a creation, so we can learn how to how to experience it. We can learn how to respond, make choices. You know, react and deal with the consequences of, of, of those feelings and those responses. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, um, yes, I feel like I am, I am on that train. Um, understand that, um, some of these basic tools that you can use to take, take with you is to look at everything in your life as a manifestation of your consciousness, even parts of consciousness that are below your conscious radar. That's what's tricky. Why would I, you know, if it's true that I'm manifesting this, why would I manifest that abuse? Why would I manifest this? Why would I do that? You know, how could that possibly be true? Like, you, you know, maybe people tell me you can't possibly tell me that sexual abuse or the molestation of children is uh, in line with what the soul needs to experience. And, you know, it is. But people get really upset about that because we don't know how to deal with pain and we're looking for some external savior figure. And so when people hurt us, we're not sure what to do, and especially those most innocent people, the poor babies, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, um, but, but looking at everything that you experience as a creation of your energy field and consciousness, even the parts you might not know about, but allowing that you might not understand at this point why it happened and committing to giving the benefit of the doubt to life, the universe, creation, your guides, God, goddess, whatever, you know, whoever you're praying to or whatever, whoever you're hoping will make something better. I'm sorry. I'm being a little smart. Alec, but, um, you know, looking at giving that the benefit of the doubt, life is bringing you what you need to experience the, the fact is, like in the intro to the show, the, uh, the announcer talks about changing karma, and that's the basis of all the astrology work that I do because karma are ingrained beliefs attached to emotions, most of them crummy or painful. So you can change karma because you can change a belief. 
And I've done this dozens of times in my life and I'm teaching people all the time how to do that through, through their readings and through coaching. Um, so, uh, you have created all of it, but don't assume that you deserve to be punished when those things are painful. That's what I'm getting at. Giving life the benefit of the doubt. Because from your soul's perspective, which I talk about occasionally on the show, uh, life is not about you being happy. Like your personality wants peace and happiness or whatever it wants, but that's not, you know, what is really happening here. What's really happening here is this uh, smorgasbord of, it's like open season of a bunch of smorgasbords of opportunities for you to, over the course of many lives, experience all manner of opportunities, all, all manner of human behaviors, your motivations, your choices, others' others' uh, motivations and choices, how they treat you, how you treat them, how they feel about that and how you deal with that, how uh, their treatment of you makes you feel and how you deal with them dealing with that. Like this is what's happening. So all manner of human experiences, every single thing that a human can experience and has experienced teaches the soul about what it's like to be a person on the planet. I've also had people say things like, um, you can't tell me those, uh, those, uh, um, you know, little children starving in some parts of Africa during drought or famine, you know, that their souls would require that. And this is one variety of human experience. And this is, you know, this is part of the soul's journey. You all have experiences like that. Every single one of us has experiences where we live short, tragic lives and our soul is learning about how to experience that. We also have a uh, peaceful long lives where we have established community and family and we feel loved and we feel that we have something to offer and people want it. A community wants it. You know, we're a part of things. We have those lives too. You know, the, the idyllic things, um, you know, we can, we can create those things, but we have to understand. I mean, if you're going to be, if you're going to be spiritually advancing, if you're going to be evolving consciousness, you can't just sit and hope for the best or, Stop being aware of negativity. You have to embrace all aspects of yourself and you contain every motivation. You contain every possible motivation and feeling state. And, uh, throughout the course of many lives, you have experienced all kinds of beliefs that have then created, you know, you've held beliefs that have created experiences. So for example, I was talking about, I in no way identify as a racist in any way, but there's a part of me that sometimes chimes in with such an opinion and I'm like, you know, what is that? That's not me, but it's part of my part of my consciousness, right? It's not it's not Tom's personality. You know, like, like I said, it's not the world I want to live in, nor the world I'm creating, but it is part of being a being on this planet. Greed is a part of being a being uh, across time on this planet. You know, power over, power under, manipulation and lying, uh, nurturing. You know, saving baby birds. You know, all these things are, are are part and parcel of it. And if we're really going to take advantage of this evolutionary track, which begins uh, with the end of the Mayan long count calendar, then we have to own all parts of ourselves, all possible motivations, understanding that when we encounter certain situations, part of us may have a tendency or to react or we experience a feeling that we find very inappropriate. Our job, if we're going to evolve, is to cease shaming the fact that these feelings exist. So I'm not saying when a part of me has something that's inappropriate 
you know, to say, uh, I'm not saying, oh, I can't believe I think, oh, I just, oh, you know, I'm not stressing about it. I'm not judging myself. I'm not hating myself or hating that part. I'm saying, well, that's just not, that's just not what's happening here. That's not my life. Like, it's not my choices. And this is what we fear. We fear if we really own all aspects of ourselves that we end up, we won't have choices because I don't know if it's because like we perceive that, you know, like giving into evil would be so seductive because it's so fun to feel powerful. That's just kind of coming up uh, kind of randomly. I don't, I don't know if there's uh, any value in that. Um, oh, well, one example of this, of this uh, thing that I'm talking about. Uh, and I write about this in the Soul's Journey 3, a case study, about 19 of my own past, past life uh, memories or stories and how they affect my life now and how I've learned to integrate these thoughts and feelings so that I'm not distracted or hampered <laughs> by stuff that's going on elsewhere on the timeline that is now loud. Uh, but one of them, I talk about a guy from Northern Europe in the mid to late 19th century, which is a past life of mine. And he... Um, is in a basically a homogenous society, and so as I was integrating him, this is the the Prussian dude. For those of you who have read the book or want to, uh, the the Prussian guy, and um, more or less homogenous society. And uh, when I was in the process of working with this with this guy and kind of like negotiating his influence and how much his opinions would matter to me, because he. Uh, he would have, you know, I'd look in the mirror and he would say, you got to lose weight. You got to go to the gym every day. Here's your plan. And I was like, oh my God, like, let me, give me a break. He actually, um, one time I thought I just would randomly try shaving off my goatee. And as soon as I did it, he said, see, <laughs> like your face looks fat. <laughs> like he was like, see, now you got to go back to the gym. And now every time you look in the mirror, you're going to see that like, you know, very beginnings of a second chin. And I was like, oh, I got tricked. You know, I got tricked by this like persona. But anyway, when I when I was in that process with him, um, he yes, it is as ridiculous and funny as as it sounds. Uh, but when I was in that process with him, I found myself in a cafe one day uh, near my house. I lived downtown uh, in downtown Tucson at that point, and I was in a cafe. And everybody's in this cafe, like all kinds of people, all ages, all walks of life, all skin tones, all you know, everybody is, is in and out of this cafe. It's a very, very kind of cool place in downtown Tucson. And uh, somebody in front of me in line had brown skin. And this part of me that I had been identifying as him and really working with just didn't understand. And he wasn't saying anything negative, so I wasn't thinking anything negative. It was just like dissonance. It was, it was dissonant. And so I just explained to him that I live, you know, at that point it was probably like 2011 or 2012, like, you know, Tucson, Arizona, Earth, and you know where I live. Everybody's here. Like everybody comes here. Everybody creates opportunity here. Has family here, and you know every every skin color is here. Every nationality. And um, anyway, so so that's like one example where I just felt uncomfortable, and I knew it wasn't me. So um, so anyway, the whole us versus them thing you're going to hear about in a few weeks too. So um, as far as the the calendar itself. Um, my personal suspicion or intuition, after doing some research on different uh, scholars and authors talking about when it actually ended, you know, we assume it's the winter solstice in 2012, December what 22nd or 20th or something 2012, and um, and the sources that I trust, just my intuitive gut says to trust, talk about it actually ending like a, a different calculation 
of when that calendar ended. At the end of October, October 28th, 2011. So I've been working, you know, since probably 2010 with that data mind. And, um, and the idea from these people is that, um, between then and the solstice, just over a year later, right, 13 and a half months later, uh, or almost, you know, 14 months later, that, um, that things would start to fall in place. Like kind of things would kind of start to coalesce. You know, things would start to become more obvious. And, um, and it was, you know, during that time when my relationship with channel beings grew and changed and I started doing energy work with people kind of in that, uh, middle ground in that place. Uh, it's, I mean, it started with like, um, uh, when I was just getting to know my girlfriend and, and before she had moved to Arizona, she called me and had a situation and I just did some energy work on the phone and she was like, whoa, you have to do that for people. And I was like, I don't really know what just happened. Um, but anyway, so it started in that time when things were starting to line up, meaning perhaps at the end of October 2011, tools were in place. You know, things were in place, but uh, things kind of had to start lining up and we have to adjust. So anyway, just for the record, uh, some idea on that. And some people talk or think that it has to do with the end of the Piscean Age and the beginning of the Aquarian Age. This is kind of a big uh, conversation, but I want to just give you a couple notes on that right now. And as I mentioned, that Chiron book has, you know, and the Aquarian Age in the title. Uh, and it's really about, you know, human evolution and understanding this new way of being, this new way of relating to our emotions and how we manifest energies and consciousness in the world around us. Um, but with the, with the Piscean age, uh, and by the way, uh, this goes backwards. So in the normal Zodiac, we're talking about transits. We'll talk about the sun moving from, you know, Aquarius to Pisces to Aries to Taurus. We're talking about, um, this, this thing, the precession of the equinoxes, it goes backwards. And so the Piscean age precedes the Aquarian age. And, um, the Piscean Age is about hierarchies and fitting in, and it's about losing one's self or one's group self uh, into uh, the greater flow of reality, kind of a Piscean flowing with the current idea. So we take direction. We take orders. We listen to people who seem like they know what they're doing. You know, we have that kind of thing in the Piscean Age, and it's kind of a follow the leader, and you don't have any idea why that person's more qualified to be the leader than anybody else, but you listen. You fit in. With the Aquarian Age in general, it's about detaching from the group mind and then recreating new group contexts that work better. So you think about social aspect of, of Aquarius energy, humanitarian or something like this, uh, social aspect and like communal, you know, uh, but it has, but you have to unplug from what you have surrendered to during the Piscean Age. Now we have surrendered to, um, the notion that, for example, the notion that, um, uh, money equals power. We've surrendered to certain religious ideals and religious beliefs. You know, we've surrendered to quite a lot of things over the last approximately 2,100 years. Um, and the Aquarian Age is about detaching from that and recreating community in the ways that work best for you. So essentially, normal Piscean Age wake-up experiences, which people have been having the last couple of decades, more so the last, like, I'd say five or ten years – really kind of saying, wait a minute, this thing I've always been part of doesn't work. Wait, I can't be here anymore. This life can't be my life. I can't create this. That's an Aquarian wake-up. 
And then you start this long, laborious process, this involved process of recreating what matters to you, what's important to you, what you want the future to look like, what world you want to live in. And that's the Aquarian ideal. Uh, looking ahead and then finding others who have the, have similar goals or the same kind of uh, desires and goals that you have. Um, so everybody has the opportunity to detach from this Piscean morass that we've been in. Uh, different people will say it, it happens at different times. Like you can look up when does the Aquarian age start and you'll, you'll find 15 opinions in the first like 18 links. Um, and that, that's fine. And I just kind of, I just kind of think that we're in this, this, uh, serious transition time, uh, wherein we're confronted with what we've surrendered to. You know, um, I actually made a note earlier today. What do you have faith in? It's kind of a question that's informed by, by Carolyn Mace, but I made that note thinking that maybe that was what we we're going to do on the 20 minute energy work channeling call tonight. Um, but what do you have faith in? You have faith in something. Does that help you create the world to be the way you want? Does what you have faith in, you know, is it a fear because of past experience? Is it about self-doubt? Like, what do you have faith in? This process of waking up from the Piscean to the Aquarian age, whether or not one age has ended and the other's beginning, you know, whatever, who cares, really? Like, just do what you need to do and you're fine. Don't worry about the, the academic uh, argument. Um, but, you know, are you willing to, to do that? Are you willing to unplug? And you're willing to see what works best for you and go through the growing pains of shedding the past and believing in yourself and giving, like, authorizing yourself to be to be God in your world, to create what's happening in more conscious ways. I talked earlier about um, creating everything all along and how we have to take responsibility for that to really evolve and kind of deepen into self, like a compassionate self-responsibility. But here with his Aquarian Age idea, there is some growing pains in giving ourselves permission to consciously create what we're up to. And that's what the show is all about. You know, that's what the show, that's what my work is all about. So we're coming up to... Uh, to the end of the show. Thanks for your time and attention. If you get something useful out of the show, subscribe to the, the podcast on iTunes and you can donate through tdjacobs.com to support the show. Help me keep uh, um, uh, what I hope is inspiring content on the air uh, every week. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really happy to be here. We're coming up uh, almost two years, like in, in under two months, it's two years I've been doing the show, uh, almost a hundred episodes. I'm really happy about that. And um, uh Keep in touch about these daily calls. I want you to call in to these daily calls if you can, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for 20 minutes, connecting with your guides, Judy and Metatron, clearing stuff out of your consciousness and your body that you don't need, clearing past life stuff, really amazing opportunities to get present, make peace with your body, you know, demote your mind from dictator for life into helpful advisor. All these wonderful things, and uh, check my blog and also the videos on YouTube for all of the uh, for all of the uh, feedback I'm getting from people. Thanks again for joining me. You can read more about what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. Take care. You've been listening to the Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul, inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.